I say, an audio cast for sensible people. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the DufferCast. Episode 4, Two Telephones. What is the definition of a drug? It's a substance, or it's a substance that causes a physiological change. So the sun is a drug, and a shower. But, well, <laughs> and a shower, yeah. Well, a sh- well, does a. It's addictive too. I it, mean, you, well, it's hard to stop yeah. showering. Yeah. We don't have to be. It doesn't have to be addictive. It just has to cause some sort of chemical change within the body. So rather than just being fuel, like food. Um, like coffee um, interferes with your sleep um, receptors, which keeps you awake. And alcohol depresses cellular activity that, and makes you happy. Um, so it has to do something like that to be a drug. But beyond that, it's, I, th- I think that's all it is. But the sun's interesting because obviously that makes vitamin D and that's a physiological change. So maybe we should ban the sun. You ban, ban everything. everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, something that I'm, I'm kind of interested in, uh, not really in drugs, even if I eat some medicines, but it's fascinating or rather sad, the politics around it. Nowadays in Sweden, it's illegal to actually be, be affected of, a, for example, cannabis. I mean, before it wasn't illegal to be affected or use it. I mean, if you had uh, lots of you or smuggled it, that was illegal, but just being... Uh, Under the influence. Yeah, but now it, it is, and uh, the only the only real reason I can see is control, people control, because then the police can say, oh, he looks, it's usually he, he looks under the influence of something, and, and they can take blood samples and it's uh, it's not nice. I remember a few years ago, somebody wanted to introduce, in, in the UK, somebody wanted to in, introduce a legal limit for the amount of cannabis in your bloodstream while driving. And that never came to pass because in order to pass a, a legal limit for the amount of cannabis while driving, they would have to admit that people might actually, were smoking it, and therefore, and, and if, if it was legal, they couldn't admit that people were smoking it, therefore they couldn't say that having smoked it, you're now, you're now unfit to drive. Oh, that was yeah. <laughs> funny. Now, I think, I think the argument for, like, it's supposed to be criminal or something to be affected by something the argument maybe would be that it's for people's own good because it's dangerous, but then they would criminalize suicide attempts because that is really dangerous. In some in some jurisdictions, it is a crime. It used to be a crime in, in many places, yeah. It's... Yeah, and the, when the church had a, a lot of power. But, uh, I mean, but, as, but obviously, if it's, if it's successful, it's moot. True, true. But I think they buried uh, people who took their own lives outside the graveyards in the old days. 
Oh, interesting. But is it still illegal in some countries? Probably. I'm sure it is. Well, aren't all sides limited? Uh, uh, illegal. All what? Sides. Sides. Homicide. Uh, suicide. Herbicide. Genocide, etc. <laughs> it's probably illegal okay. to drink. I think herbicides probably killed more people than, for example, cannabis, <laughs> actually. That's probably true. Probably, yeah. It's, um, who, who is the um, government researcher? Again, um, guy who got sacked for saying that cannabis is less, harm, less dangerous than um, alcohol or riding a pony. Would like to see the uh, the research. Yeah, no, no, he he did actually. Yeah, I mean, he he basically um tracked tracked number of users against number of deaths, and cannabis came out quite um rel- rel- you know, rel- relatively low risk. Um, it was when Gordon Brown was prime minister because um, he sacked him for not agreeing with government policy and um you know pronouncing you know producing research instead. I suppose anything that puts a positive light on um on drug use is uh. Is going to get stamped on fairly quickly. Yeah, it's. I think that's the big problem with 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 the whole drugs thing. Is it's all, it's all it's all political. It's all cultural. It's people. There's research that shows what's dangerous and what's le- what's more dangerous and what's less dangerous. But that gets ignored, and you know because the rhetoric is what matters. It's interesting that some things have been deemed like more dangerous with time like for example the well the war on drugs and so on so drugs are somehow more dangerous now of course a lot of a lot of more synthetic drugs nowadays and some are really dangerous but it's like the tolerance has just diminished and uh, in other cases the tolerance have gone forward i mean it's a more tolerant society for people who have like different sexual preferences well that's good but for some things it's going the other direction it's interesting why some things are changing about things are changing in different directions so to speak yeah yeah on the on the subject of drugs there was a a discussion opened by somebody in the in the uk government with the, the 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 aim of of considering the decriminalization of of drugs here in this country um but then controlling the uh, the output of drugs to effectively push the the drug cartels out of business but also provide a safe uh method of of drug production so that those people that are actually dependent on them can be sure that they're getting them from a reliable source but then the only downside to that is if you have uh, you know, specific locations around the country that are, you know, it will get found out they are known to produce the good stuff, then they're Im- immediately going to become targets for, um, for the uh, the guys that have been uh, pushed out of business. I read there was maybe a year ago, <clears throat> there was a British medical uh, pharmaceutical company who that uh, extracted something from cannabis and produced some medication that is used for i don't remember i think some in some cases people who suffer from multiple sclerosis and they grew the 
cannabis in uh, greenhouses that were in say uh, secret locations somewhere in Britain and like guarded and uh, blah 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 and you know it sounded like it was plutonium or something in those greenhouses and then the medication because they had approved of it in Sweden I think it was horrendously expensive so it's a matter of big uh, corporate economic interests too isn't cannabis a recognized uh, legitimate drug for certain conditions it's there are conditions where it's a treatment yeah it um yeah i can't remember which one might, might well be multiple sclerosis might well be one of them there are there are people i don't think it's a cure but it, it can um treat, treat the um, symptoms of some conditions yeah because there's um, a number of places in the U.S., number of states in the U.S. that have de have have decriminalized it or legalized it for medical use, haven't they? Yeah, I think so. Some some states in Europe, I'm not sure, but they have decriminalized it in some it's, countries. It's decriminalized I think. in the Netherlands. I know that. Um, I'm not sure about elsewhere. I think in Portugal. And I also read that in some place in Spain they were actually growing it. So, has it been formally decriminalised in in the Netherlands? Because I know they had um, this this agreement that if um, you, you, you can you can carry the stuff, you can go into certain places, you can consume it. But you, if you're caught coming out of these places in possession of cannabis, then you will get arrested. No, you can walk out carrying it. Um, if you're carrying below a certain amount it's seen as for personal use and you won't get arrested for that and if you go into a coffee shop and buy cannabis they'll sell you the amount that you're allowed to carry out basically so yeah do they check to make sure that you haven't already got any on you no no they assume because you could go from coffee shop to coffee shop and just come out with this enormous great stash after two hours. you could you could and there's nothing to yeah and then, then you are that because that's the gray area um, a coffee shop can sell you a certain amount. You can buy a small amount for personal use. And I think you can grow it legally. But transporting it from the grower to the coffee shop, that's illegal. <laughs> Love it. But you can have like two pots at home growing. I would presume so, yeah. Or I don't think anyone would bother if you did. That's interesting. In Sweden, we have, and maybe in the rest of Europe too, there is what's called industrial hemp. That's, um, well, it doesn't really have any drug use, but you can use the oil. It's rich in minerals and vitamins and uh, so on. And I think they make like a house, how do you say, insulation mm. for houses. Yeah. Uh, so there are some uses for it, but there there are a few growers in Sweden. I bought some oil from them, and so so. But but in order to grow, you have to have a permission, and then you have to grow like a certain amount. So you can't have a garden and have like three plants, even of industrial hemp. It's deemed. Uh, I suppose they're afraid that people would grow any sort of hemp instead. <laughs> But it's very reg regulated, and uh, nowadays it's you, 
the ones used for drugs are uh, have a much higher i think level of the active substances than the like old yeah there are traditional types yeah there are some strains of it or some breeds that are quite strong apparently i was going to ask about the european side of things now actually you know the netherlands are part of the of the eu now i wonder if the the fact that there is a, a far more laxed attitude with regard to drugs like cannabis in the netherlands that maybe that's the the dutch equivalent of allowing the uk to retain um pints and, and miles good question because i don't know what the eu ruling is i mean Drug law should be something that the countries deal with themselves, so I'm not sure the, e- the EU itself would have... I'm not sure why the EU would, would have any, any opinion on it at all, to be honest. I'm not sure why the EU would have any concern about the angle of a degree bend on a banana, but they stuck their nose in that. Ah, but did they? Because that, that's another one of these stories that... You've always got to be a bit careful with EU stories, especially with the British press, because half the time they're made up. I didn't read this in the Daily Mail. Yeah, I mean, even the Telegraph can be a bit a bit dodgy on this one. <laughs> but I think with food, they have... I know when Sweden joined in 1994, and there were some, for example, artificial colorings of food that were forbidden in Sweden. But uh, we had to accept them when we joined the EU. Uh, so we had a stricter policy on some of those things. And also, I remember... Most, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, some bureaucrats in the EU defined what an apple is. And they defined it had to be a certain size, at least, I suppose, to get subsidies or something. A grower had to grow apples a certain minimum size. And if they were too small, they were not like apples. But then the Danish prime minister took with him a sort of apple that's kind of small we have them in sweden too i think it was in, it's called england marie it's it's one type of apple there are literally hundreds of types of apples but and he take took it with him and said uh, this is an apple <laughs> kind of ironic and then they had to like back off because obviously it was an apple <laughs> it was just that it was smaller so some stories are actually true about these um, bureaucratic, I don't know what to call them, fantasy products. Because <laughs> I heard a, an example. Excuse me, I'm actually eating my dinner. I was explaining to Paul earlier on um, because <clears throat> of stuff that's going on here. I'm having my dinner very late. Um, there was a, again, this might be another one of these, um, these made up ones, but there was a discussion on the, the sale of potato crisps again, potentially here in the UK, where the only crisps that would, would have been allowed to have been sold would have been salt and vinegar and ready salted because they're the only ones that have natural flavorings. Really? At, at the yeah, time, I can get tomato ketchup flavor crisps in Belgium, which are really rather nice. Proof positive that ketchup really does go with it. The thing is, I don't like ketchup all normally, but tomato ketchup crisps are lovely. <laughs> oh, what times are we? I know, in? these newfangled foods. Right, can I make an observation? Please do. I have been recording, and others similarly, for over half an hour now, and we've already broken 
Rule number one. <laughs> and this is what happens every single time we sit down and record these. I wasn't sure we were going to make an episode even. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the smallest uh, gathering we had so far. But uh, welcome to the Duffercast. My name is Michael. And I'm Paul. And I'm Dave. And this is the halfway point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we should say our names and then in chorus, we are the Duffercast. Like a... you sing it or just say it? <laughs> uh, till next episode, we have to practice like barbershop yes. style. That'll sound Talk really about interesting with, the, uh, with the, the, the latency delays. <laughs> <laughs> we can always blame them. Good idea. As we are very thin on the ground, can, can I in, invite a future duffer to, um, to, to say hello? Absolutely. Oh, one second, I have to hand the headphones over as well. Hello. Good Hello. Good evening. <laughs> You're our first guest ever. Yes. Although I'm not quite sure about the insinuation of being a future duffer. Well, the, the, the no, we didn't hear that. Of a duffer determined by age. So, as you are not of duffer age yet, there is a pretty damn certainty that you will be of duffer age at some point. Six years' time. Yes. When we'll be on episode. <laughs> I'm going to pass you over to the um, genuine duffer. Not the oldest one, though. No, I'm the oldest, but I'm going the other way, so I'm probably child, the most child, childish. So, could you be the oldest and the youngest duffer at the same time? Yeah, well, if it goes too far, I probably have disqualified myself <laughs> for participating. Maybe I have the greyest beard. Do you have a beard? I have sort of beard, and then sometimes I just get bored and take it off. So it never becomes really big. So it's more, I just uh, uh, minimize the amount of money I spend on <laughs> shaving equipment. That's, that, that's much the same as I do, actually. It's, I'll, we'll, we'll go away on holiday, I think. Okay, I've got two weeks. I, I won't bother shaving. I'll see how it comes. And after about a week and a half, I look at it and think, that looks terrible. And off it comes. If I ever took my beard off, I would get divorced very quickly. <clears throat> Sorry, I would be, <laughs> be divorced, divorced very quickly, should I say. <laughs> if I took my beard off, you would, you would really lay into me, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. Yes, I'm getting nods from the other side of the room. Yes. What's the argument? Is it that old... You don't have a chin? Um, I do have a chin. Uh, I've, I've, this is one of the wonderful things I've not yet been able to work out the reason for. Um, and it all started three years ago when I, I, I said, you know, I'm going to do Movember this year. And um, I, I was met with uh, a fair amount of resistance, so I didn't. And then every time I've mentioned it uh, in subsequent years, um, it's been a case of, oh, I might do Movember. Oh, okay. No, I won't. But as as to the actual reason why, as you're here, love, did you want to? Uh, we're trying to we're trying to ascertain the the rationale behind your intense dislike of me removing my beard. Is it because I'm ugly underneath? <laughs> I look older without a beard, apparently. And oh, what about sideburns? So she says. <laughs> you said my face looked fuller. That means I look fatter. 
more well-rounded is the expression. More, well, yeah, more rounded sounds nicer than fuller. <laughs> but how would you know whether I, whether you did like me not having a beard? Because I've had a beard now for eleven years. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. I'm getting the impression this conversation needs to change very quickly. Oh, we dare you. We dare you. We dare no, you. Sensible. Take it off. <laughs> <laughs> a little piece at the time, so she won't notice. I had beard when uh, our daughter was uh, like a baby. I had a beard, and then maybe when she was like one and a half, two, yeah, one and a half, maybe or something. I I just took it off. I just was bored with it. And just when I took it off, she came into the bathroom and looked, and I just shaved. And she looked at me and looked first puzzled, and then she just started crying. Because I think she saw it was me, but somehow it, I was looking very strange. <laughs> and she didn't really understand what it was. So, because he was that small. I confused my, my son he was only nine months old, um, where the first time I wore glasses, he was looking at me as if to say, Do you know, I'm sure I recognize you, but I just can't think why. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have lenses, or have you just gotten glasses? No, I, I wear or? lenses usually, and I've worn, in, worn lenses full-time now for X number of years. Um, but I only tend to wear my glasses. So every six months when I go go for a lens checkup or if my lenses bother me for a bit so i just take them out for a day or two and wear glasses instead um and it just happened that a couple of months ago that happened and uh, yeah it really confused him talking of confusing people actually paul yes our our colleagues over at tinap um i, I seem to remember from episode zero they 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 gave some fade uh, some feedback they did. Could, they couldn't tell the difference between you and me. That's true. They did, didn't they? If, yes. we, if we get rid of Mike, do you think that uh, <laughs> they might just think that we're just talking to ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have a very similar, uh, whatever, a voice or accent. or. I didn't think so either. I can't remember who said it. I think it was Andy C, but... I I, yeah, I, I can't remember who's yeah, mm. but I, de I definitely remember the um, I, I definitely remember the um, recording you're referring to. <laughs> I think I've only heard the last tin up because the old episodes were actually, actually before I even was an identic or something, so I didn't know them. But I had a hard time separating them. But it's always hard because you hear. Some people you've never heard before, and yeah, yeah, you you mean you 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 start to separate voices over time. I know certainly the first time I I listened to Tinap, um, I struggled with uh, with the voices. I learned to walk when I was one beneath the Oklahoma sun, and from that day I started taking my own route. I learned to read when I was two, and I believe. It all was true, too young to fill my mind with questions and with doubt. I made my first friend when I was three. 
But by four he moved away so very far from me At five I wondered why People live and people die And why the things I love just slowly slipped away from me And only stars remain the same Cold night, starlight We are not alone Starlight, we are not alone We're together on our own I said goodbye when I was ten To Santa Claus and all his friends I had to leave those childish stories all behind but when they told me God was real I just couldn't help but feel This burning question that was tugging on my mind By the time I was eleven I had given up on heaven and Everything was falling into place I kept my mouth shut so I wouldn't rock the boat because a kid who's fallen overboard Is just too ashamed to float And still the stars remain the same Together on our own I learned to walk when I was one Without a crutch to lean upon I had to relearn everything My legs were weak without the wings But I'm stronger now, my mind is free Controlling my own destiny When I write the final chapter That's the last you'll read of me Today I went to see a friend his days are almost at an end The doctors say he's got a month or two to live He called to me there from his bed And with a weakening voice he said If there's no God, then tell me What the hell's the point? I didn't have an answer So I looked at him and said You were always giving love You could have Taking it instead This journey may be pointless But at least I sure can say You made it better for the rest of us You passed along the way But still the stars remain the same together on our own cold night 
So, our show notes. We managed to take the first point. <laughs> and then it says eventual feedback. Have we had any feedback in the last which we did. What, three days? I'm not sure. <laughs> we have this email account, but I'm not sure anyone is yeah, checking well, I'm, I'm it. On it. <laughs> I, I, oh, okay. um, I've, I've lost my phone, though, so I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you where oh, there is. Um, I don't think we've, uh, we've had anything on it recently. Although apparently we did get flattered. And thank you to jo- Johan A.V. No, Johan V. for flattering us, yes. Yeah, on episode two. Uh, we are lagging yeah. a bit, so... A bit. <laughs> Is that our first flatter that's not from one of ourselves? No. I do believe we got flattered by somebody else once. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, thank you, Johan V. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. I think he was on Identica, but I'm not sure he's in the new uh, Fediverse. I'm not sure, actually, no. He, he's a, um, a, a serial listener to um, another podcast, an award-winning podcast that um, one of us is associated with. Uh, what can that be? I don't know, be? but I'm going to squeeze that in every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> And also, wasn't that uh, European awards they were going to they stop? They have that, stopped. This was the it last was, year. Um, very saddening to find to find that out. So you are the reigning champion forever. Um, it would seem so. Although it's a, a bit of a bit of a loose victory because they the the EPA have had some um some some knockbacks over the last year or so. Um, they had uh, they lost their their primary programmer in a car accident, which was uh, which was sad. But um, yeah, it's it's a real shame because not only was it a great way of of getting you know, getting recognition, but it's also a good way of getting exposure because the, all of the um, the podcasts that were were partaking in the European Podcast Awards were listed on the EPA website. So it was a great way for people to go in and pick up new podcasts, which which is a brilliant concept. Um, but for now, it's. Um, it is, I wouldn't say it's gone. I'd say it's on hiatus. Okay. What about the, the other? Has that been decided yet? The latest, that um, more global? The, the podcast awards. They yeah, get the, announced yeah. on January the 5th. Uh, and uh, the podcast is in the running for that as well. But looking at who else is in the running for it, uh, there's there's one particular podcast that has been the running for it. I think they've, they've, t- they've partaken in it for the last seven or eight years. Um, and they've won like three years out of, um, out of the, out of the nine, I think they've been running. So either they're incredibly good or it's a very light category. We might have a chance, might not. It, it you know, it depends. Yeah, I recognized a few, uh, in the other categories, uh, not all categories, of course, but, uh, a few in other categories. Yeah, there so. only, uh, out of the 220 that were actually in categories, so the finalists, if you like, I only recognised about eight of them, which was... Uh, it, it It said something. Yeah, for me, I before I almost only listened to, you know, free software, kind of Linuxy podcast, but I expanded a little bit, so... There was like uh, the Bra- Brain Science podcast. Have you listened to that no, ever? No. 
it's a it's a really good one. It's, they usually there is a like a doctor or that interviews people who do research in in a very wide sense. So it's uh, I can understand it, and I don't know much about brain science. But it's not something you can listen to casually. But I, this one I really recommend. I have noticed that um, a lot of the podcasts that are entered into the the podcast awards very US centric and for some reason I really struggle with um, US centric podcasts I couldn't tell you why how you mean you have uh, you don't often don't like them um, I, uh, it's like style and tone it's style it. it's the and I'm making a sweeping generalization here but it is not a generalization that America is the only place that that podcast is going to get listened. Certain assumptions are made that the the listener is going to be from the USA. There's a certain arrogance uh, around that. And again, I'm making this clear. That's not a generalization. It's only on certain podcasts, ones that I have listened to, where they've been um, based in America. So I tend to listen to mostly um, UK and European podcasts. Yeah, I listened to maybe two Swedish podcasts. <laughs> so, and almost every, but there are not that many English language podcasts from like non-English Europe or it, that's unusual. I haven't looked really, but that's interesting. Actually, I'd, I'd not considered that. I know there is one uh, Swedish podcast that's actually in English, but uh, talks about uh, tech and uh, some Linux. And I do find it quite in interesting that um, most of the podcasts that come out of this country are in English. Well, it's close an approximation to English as we can manage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wasn't referring to the Queen's English. There are some Scottish <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Oh, from just speaking of like radio and some, I, I, I meant to ask you, it's just, we can cut it out from the show, but the, the term in Swedish, we, in Sweden, we, we use the term public service for public service TV and radio. Some, sometimes we use the English words, but when you say public service in English, can that mean any sort of public service like healthcare and infrastructure and or is that pub or is public service is that like bbc and nothing else or do you say public service television i'm just interested That's like the usage um, of the word the, you, you've got the, the public sector and the private sector uh in the uk the, the public sector are things like healthcare government uh local government uh government services and, and the like um, so whatever is paid for by taxes, basically. Yeah, basically, yes. Um, the private sector are is your 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 privatised industries, most retail organisations and, mm. and industrial organisations. Public service. It's interesting. So I was we were having a, a rather heated debate about this on the the podcast after show party a couple of weeks back. Um, the BBC is a public service broadcaster. What the actual definition of that is. Basically, I'm not sure, other than the fact that they are paid for by the British public. 
but there are other broadcasters in the UK that also pull a small amount of money from the the license fee fund that also pays for the BBC, like Channel Four, for example. They take some of the license fee. Uh-huh. Channel Five do as well. Is, cha- is Channel Four a privately owned? It's a commercial broadcaster, but they get some money from the from the um, TV license. Some I've heard, yes. Oh, yeah. But one of the the conversations that were being ha- had a couple of weeks ago was the BBC because they are a public service and they are um, funded by the license fee, they cannot enter into any commercial activity. So there is a commercial arm of the BBC called BBC Worldwide, which is a a limited business here in the UK. I don't know whether BBC America is is part of BBC Worldwide or not. I'm not 100% sure. But BBC America, for example, shows BBC content, but also has commercials. Whereas the BBC in this country does not. Ah, uh, okay. And also, they sell a lot of programs to other countries. I mean, British TV is quite famous for quality. So, but that is done by BBC Worldwide, not by the BBC. Ah, uh, okay. But you wouldn't call like hospitals public service. That would be rather public sector. I'm I just interested Current, how the yeah. the term think, is used. I think. Part of the public service thing goes back to the history of the BBC, and it was founded by Lord Reith, and he—I think he was the one who came up with this idea of public service broadcasting as like broadcasting to improve the hmm. masses. And look what it did to us! Absolutely, absolutely. We were the people we are now because of the BBC and everything else. <laughs> I think BBC is maybe the model for public service television. In other countries, no, it's just something I, I kind of, oh, never mind. It's I just get upset <laughs> when I talk about it. According to Wikipedia, which of course is a, a very reliable and <clears throat> um, verbatim source of information on the internet, um, public service broadcasting is radio, television, and other electronic media outlets whose primary mission is public service. Public broadcasters receive funding from diverse sources, including license fees, individual contributions, public financial financing, and commercial financing. Now, under the UK entry, the BBC, Channel 4, S4C, and ITV and Channel 5 also have public service obligations imposed as part of their license to broadcast. So you could argue that all of our terrestrial based so the, the five primary sorry the four primary broadcasters here in the UK do have a certain level of public service obligation so this p- term public service it may be originated when the BBC started or it's not a general term I suppose um... I, w- I would say it's a general term but it has specific um, meaning in different countries depending on obviously you know who, who sets the definition. Got another article here. In the UK, the term public service broadcasting refers to broadcasting which is intended for the public and will benefit rather... Okay, that wasn't written in English. Uh, rather than for, for purely commercial concerns. The communications regulator Ofcom requires that certain television and radio broadcasters fulfil certain requirements as part of their licence to, to broadcast. All of the BBC's television and radio stations have a public service remit, including those that broadcast digitally. 
Uh, its first Director General, Lord Reith, introduced many of the concepts that would later define public service broadcasting in the UK when he adopted the mission to inform, educate, and entertain. So it's, it's, it's quite... It, it's a little That's what we are doing. Sorry? That's what we are doing. Entertaining, education. <laughs> you should claim the license fee. But, but, but that's what this public service do now. They put out stuff on the internet and then they say everybody has to pay who practically have, you know, internet. And which, uh, I don't know, I, it's, it just annoys me and uh, I think I don't want to talk about it. I'll just go into a rant. I think I ranted about it in another episode. So, can we jump to the next subject? Just to go back to an earlier subject, Johan V is on uh, the Fediverse. Um, he's on FragDev. So he's got a dent from three months ago saying, finally downloaded an episode of the DefiCast. Another dent from about three months ago saying, it seems about time to, re- to, to release another one. <laughs> Maybe we have to poke him. We should all go and add him and say, hello. Yeah. Well, I was just looking because I found him on my uh, on my followers list. Well, I'm following him already. It looks like we all, all most of us, are following him already. So <laughs> I'm just about to find out whether that's true or not. When I joined uh, Twitter, and in the beginning, I tried to subscribe. To, I really looked for people to subscribe to because I thought maybe they are jumping, coming here or somewhere else. So I, I really tried to subscribe to anyone I could find or. I search for people, so I probably subscribe to some, and I don't remember it. <laughs> when when I switched to, or when I signed up to Twitter, what I did is I subscribed to everyone who wasn't on Identica because I figured that if the pump over was going to happen, then all those connections would get get broken. I'd be just firing out messages into the ether effectively, which is just going to cause things to slow down and maybe make my buy instance slower as well. And then, obviously, the pump over didn't happen for two months, and um, I was sitting there thinking, where is everyone? Oh, speaking of the Federation, you know, these people who do have um, created Frendica, they had like a new, well, I've read about it for quite some time, they call it Red. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's about channels rather than people or something. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works. I read about it like I think a year ago, and then was maybe it was announced. But now I saw somewhere there was like they at, at least had one service running. One could sign up for it, but I'm not sure what the difference is from Frandica. From what I read, is that they're experimenting with trying to rethink how social networking should work. Um, but when I look at it, everything was very much in development stage, so unless you were actually going to jump in and start uh, hacking on code yourself, there wasn't a lot of point. But I didn't. Yeah, that's not very Duffer-friendly. Not, is it? It's terrible. So, next subject, which I put up, but then I failed it, so I'm not sure I'm going to mention it or save it for the oh, next... No, 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 mention it. Go, go for it. Okay, it was... No, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> I am. Ah, <laughs> okay. Now, I had this idea of I can do one, actually. I can do one. Go on, then. Mm. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay. What? Yeah, keep, yeah, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Again, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You, you, okay. You want, you want to guess a sound? Here's a sound for you. 
That sounds like a speak and spell. Not really. Am I in the right ballpark? Well, it's electronic. Is it from the 80s? Yes. Is it working properly? Yeah, it is actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a torture it instrument. A big track, was it? Pardon? Big track. Yes, it is. It's a big track. Oh, man. I have a big track. Uh, what? Big? Big track. <laughs> big track. Yes, hang on. I'll um, ah, Google. I'm just looking for a picture of one. Was that the switching it on sound? The hello. That was the the um. No, I had it switched on. The 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 did it did it did it is when you start the program, um, or 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 or, or so, so, so the 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 buttons you press to uh, set it to move. Hey, oh God, this is going to be a horrible link. Never mind. It's um yeah so so so, so it be- it beeps when you switch it on it be it beeps when you um press the buttons to uh, get 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 it to move around or you can or you can fire with it and then the, there's the do 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 which is um when it's about to start all fun stuff we sometimes get it out and drive it around the um dining room table the kids have a great time chasing it now is this a genuine 1970s 1980s big track or is it the 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 the, the 2010s version. It's the 2010 remake. Yeah. I do have a, I know, I do have a genuine 1980s one, but um, the wheels came off. <laughs> so, can we get an honest uh, reply now? Did you buy this for your son or for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it might be, um... okay, I bought it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. <laughs> I know. So I, I forgot to say this is our new, uh, maybe a regular thing. Guess the sound. It's a kind of classic uh, radio thing, isn't it? It is. Yes. Well, if it's not yeah. a, a permanent fixture, which I think it certainly should be, it's definitely this we uh, this time a stand-in for McNally's armchair. I thought we had a McNally's armchair. Do we have a McNally's armchair? I believe we do. Oh, I better check my email then. You should. Hang on. Well, no, carry on. <laughs> I'm going to wait for me to check my email. No, no, no. Should I do we're, my we're, sound? We're, while... we're... You do your sound, yes. I'll do my sound while we're, while we're searching. Here we go. Play that again, please. Uh, yes. The twanger. <laughs> no, don't stop me. <laughs> I, I, I presume, of course, you were referring to the uh, the, the Lost in Rainbow episode. I am indeed, yes. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Can you do it again? I certainly can. Here we go. It's not your old uh, dental braces? My what, sorry? Dental braces. <laughs> no, no, it is not dental braces. Definitely not. I have no idea. It's, um... It's a one-stringed banjo or something. It sounds a little bit like, uh, you know, what they call this thumb piano. It's an African instrument, but I think it's a little bit more sound than those. Ah, now I like what you're, I like it, like where you're coming from on that one. Um, Caroline and I went into Nottingham City yesterday, and uh, we went into a music shop, and they, on on top of a, 
uh, of, a, of a like a black bag. They had this small. It was almost like a a, a shallow bowl, but it had these like seven little pingy things on the top that made an absolutely gorgeous sound. I presume that's the kind of thing you're. Um, is that about. a clue? No. No, no. This is completely separate. No, this, this is something far more um, basic. Yes, we can hear you. Well, I can hear you at least. Paul? I can hear, hear you, yes. Michael? Yeah. I, yeah, I can hear Michael as well. Yeah. Has he dropped off in the nicest possible way? Michael, are you there? No, he's gone quiet now. Oh, he can't, he can't hear anything, he says. Oh, dear. Well, welcome to the This Is How We Confuse Tinap uh, segment of the show. Yes, so, <laughs> I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. <laughs> welcome to the um, confusing, very confusing Duffycast. Yes. Mm. Duffycast of confusion. <laughs> I like that. The Duffycast. The Duffycast of confusion. <laughs> yes, it should be said with... Um, Trailer voice. <laughs> McNally's armchair. <laughs> Michael, Michael's now trying the have you tried switching it off and back on again thing yet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he switched off. And he's back. Mm. Is he back, though? He's unmuted. Unmuted as well. Unmuted, yes. Unmuted. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Are you back? I have sound, but not from Mumble. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Okay. 
thus thus renders his recording slightly unreliable. <laughs> I hope yours is working. And yes, back. Yeah. Oh no, he's not. Uh, there he is. Yep. Hello. 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 We hear you again. We can hear you. Hello. <laughs> we have been. Although, although, in fairness, we have been quiet for the last twenty seconds. But yes, we have. We yeah. are here. Say something. Something. <laughs> Actually. Funnily enough, this reminds me of a a moment back in 1970-something um, where, I can't remember the exact circumstances around it, but my mum was trying to make a phone call from her old um, dial telephone. Yeah. Um, and I think the phone fell on the floor or something and made this enormous, great clonking sound. And she was trying to make this phone call. It was late at night, and I can't remember. It might have been an emergency. I can't remember. And we could hear the person on the other end. They couldn't hear us. And it was very, it was actually really scary. Actually, it was quite, um, quite disorienting because obviously back in the 1970s, communication was a luxury. So, of course, yeah. know, I mean, yeah. Okay. Having a phone in the house was, I would say was fairly common, fairly, fairly widespread. But at the same time, the, the, the technology for it was incredibly basic. In fact, well, I don't think you would even have called it technology at the time. It was all, it was all mechanical. Yeah, I, I remember um, probably 76 or 77, we moved into a new house and we were shocked and stunned to discover that it had two telephones. <gasps> wow. I know. I was... Oh, bless him. Right. In the, <laughs> it's, just, it's just said, the next subject is Christmas traditions. And it is now, it is silent night at, at his end at the moment. <laughs> bless his cotton socks. Oh, so what's Christmas like in Sweden? So, um, actually, actually, what, what we <laughs> that was cruel. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you tried a reboot? My lips are not turning red. I shall thump myself in the face. There you go. Technology with the duffers. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we should time this and see how fast Mikhail's um, uh, P- PC can reboot. <laughs> he uses OS2, doesn't he? OS2 warp? That's, yeah, yes, yes. Well, version 3 or version 4? Oh, no, no, you don't. No, 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 you've lost me. Because I, I used OS2 Warp 3 as my primary desktop operating system for a good year or two. Um, when, I, when I found that it actually ran Windows 3.1 programs better than Windows 3.1 did. Yeah, I, I, I found that. It's, um, uh, uh, one, 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 one place I was working, all, all the end users had Windows 3.1, but the development environment we had... Um, they wouldn't release a Windows version because they reckoned that Windows wasn't up to the job of supporting their development environment. So I was dual booting between OS2 and Windows. That's really interesting. Because I think yeah. OS2 Warp, um, uh, OS2 2 was the, was it the last version that was jointly um, developed by Microsoft and IBM? Yeah. OS2 Warp yeah. version 3 was the first time that IBM actually went out on its own. Yes, I think that's right. I, I could be wrong. Obviously, you know, if anybody is listening, yeah. please do tell us if I'm wrong. 
But no, I, I really, really liked um, OS two. I, I had I went through this stage of of using, um, oh, what's the, what's the underdog operating systems for quite some time. Um, so I used uh, OS two warp. Uh, that that would have been my first internet based um, uh, operating system. In fact, that was the first one I went online with. Okay, um, and then I used BIOS. For BIOS. yeah, for about three months, um, BIOS version five, which was the last, um, the last official version they released, because Haiku is 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 a BIOS clone, that's being actively maintained, yeah. uh, but as a community project rather than um, a commercial one. Um, but then there was this this big hoo ha um, between BIOS, uh, sorry, B Incorporated and Microsoft, because. One of the OEMs, and I can't remember which one it was, um, had struck a deal with B Incorporated to dual boot BIOS and Windows, whatever the version was at the time. But then Microsoft found out about it, put the skids on it, and as a potentially direct result, B Incorporated went out of business. Because they, they threw everything into it. Yeah, of course. So I'm, I'm of the opinion that um, that Microsoft put being incorporated out of business. That might be a bit, a bit harsh. Well, not really. I mean, they did the same thing. They did the same thing to Netscape, didn't they? They put them out of business. Uh, directly or indirectly? Well, directly. They released Internet Explorer for, Explorer for free, which undermined the Netscape um, business model of selling mm, it. I suppose so. You know, it's. But I would have said that was more of a, a competitive strike rather than a. An anti-competitive strike. Well, I think I I would say it was anti-competitive because they weren't making money on Internet Explorer, but had they got away with it and ended up with just Internet Explorer as the client everyone was using, then they could have stuffed um, ActiveX controls in, and we'd all be sitting here now and and, and other proprietary technologies. And we'd all be sitting here using Internet Explorer and um, Internet Windows Internet Server and um, the SQL Microsoft SQL Server as well. So I think that's what they were trying to do. Is they, they were trying to get everyone onto IE so that um, that, that that then IE works better with the back end or with with the servers. Just stop. Which no, come on. Being paranoid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, just stop for a moment and consider what would what would have happened had that been the case. Hmm. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. We wouldn't. No, Not just no. because of the technology that we're using, because I would imagine if if that particular scenario had happened, then the the explosion of the um of the the, the floss community would have been non-existent. Well, it would have killed off a lot of stuff actually, because obviously you're then into a position where the only people who can basically run servers are the people are going to be companies with money. So the internet would have been just another media channel. So it's like the, the Foxes, the Twi- you know, the Foxes, the Warner Brothers would have been fine, but, you know, the Googles, the Facebooks, they just would would never have got a, a foot in. Yes, yes and no. I think we, we still would have got there, but a heck of a lot slower because there's nothing to have stopped. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of a, of a good example here. We, we don't know that, had had that happened, that the 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 Unix Unix platform would have um, would have taken a different direction. 
um, things like Oracle, they were based, they were built on Unix. They were built on on C. Um, so Hello. That, hey, he's back. Good evening. I can hear you now. I had to change to Pulse Audio for hearing for some reason. That's really weird. That's strange. You usually you turn Pulse Audio off if you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I just I'm just trying different things when it comes to audio. I'm not, I don't really have a clue what I'm doing. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> 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 we were we were holding off for you before we went into the um the uh the christmas traditions thing uh, what was the sound thing you had dave i never i, I dropped oh, yeah, out I, before i, I, never I actually revealed the... it didn't i because I've, I've got another one waiting as well um so this this was the sound that um that i left you with which actually sounds slightly different to uh how it was the first time around hang on hang on I can play you a tune on it. So, any guesses? It's some sort of musical instrument. It is not. No? Uh-uh. Oh, I'm thinking completely... I'm gone completely the wrong track, then. Is it medical equipment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could say it is medicinal. Some kind of knife? <laughs> no. It's a hearing aid. Pardon? <laughs> a hearing aid. No, it's not a hearing aid. I'd love to <laughs> love to see a hearing aid that makes that noise. It's, it's metal, definitely. It is definitely metal, yes. I can probably tell you, hang on, if it says it on the side, it is aluminium. It's a medicinal ukulele. A medicinal ukulele. Again, I'd like to see one of those. <laughs> Okay, I'll put you out of your misery. It's a can of cider. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ring pull. Oh, ah. So it's cider. If it had been a beer can, the sound would have been different. Um, if you give me 25 minutes to drink a can of beer, and I will tell you. I think it would more sound like this. <laughs> 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 Oh, the neighbors are wondering what I'm yelling about. <laughs> I'm, I'm very close to a dividing wall between here and next door, so they can probably hear me going, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> I have one more sound, which I will do um, very quickly, uh, unless, unless Michael has one. Yeah, I had one, but I couldn't really... I tried next time to... I, but I found another thing here that's a kind of uh, makes a sound... That I could try. Go for it. I'm sure you will recognize the sound. But... <laughs> the question is now: Can he make the sound at the same time as pressing the push to talk button? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh... I'm Captain James Kirk of the United Starship Enterprise. I'm Captain James Kirk of the United Starship Enterprise. It's Captain James Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> Interestingly enough, did they ever say United Starship? Wasn't it always USS? I honestly don't know. I don't ever remember Kirk saying United Starship. Uh, we can try another button on this uh, thing. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. 
it's one of those um those uh, keyring things that's got like eight buttons on it yeah it? i got it from yeah. i just became desperate to find something <laughs> Actually, my children gave it to me in Christmas present a few years ago, but I haven't really used it. It's even in its package, but it's quite fun. I had a family guy, one of those, utterly hilarious. It's like a budget soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the one Fab uses. Yeah. Well, I think next um, next uh, episode, I will uh, I will delve into the myriad of musical instruments we have in this house and... Uh, and give you a musical instrument sound instead. I will also sit here and guess that guess that it's a can of cider. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, they're very versatile, <laughs> evidently. Did you have another sound, Dave? Or I did. Yes. Um, this one might be a bit more obvious, actually. Uh, I need to move for this one. Hang on. Here we go. Hang on. That sounded very bassy at this end. I'll try that again. Uh, yes, please. Please do. <laughs> that still sounded very bassy. Sounds like you're moving something heavy. Hang on. Let me try this way around instead. On. Now. It's a um, card uh, deck of cards. That is very close. It's your collection of uh, calling cards. Or what do you call them in English? I can't, I can't even answer that. Calling <laughs> cards. No, what do you call those? No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, and yes, that's what they're called. But no. They might do it once more. You're not doing that with your lips. No. <laughs> it's not a Raspberry Pi <laughs> driven motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a clue. Can you give us a clue? Um, you were very close when you said deck of cards, actually. Not pages of a book or something. It there. was. Ah. It was a 176-page book. Well, what was the book? Um, I can't actually say. <laughs> Talk about um, speed before. reading. <laughs> 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 um, it's it's a, a history book of the company that I work for. Oh, okay, fair enough. That I mentioned on the uh, the last episode of the award-winning pod- uh, podcast. Uh-huh. Okay, I, I will try the sound that I had thought of because maybe it, it can be heard because I've dragged the thing out of a box that I had in the closet. Just a moment, please. I'll try to. So the sound I, the sound is coming from something you've dragged out of the closet. It, well, something stored away quite a long time. I'm just trying to. <laughs> to talk button down hold it down with your chin something I don't know stick a cider can on it uh, here goes did you hear anything yes yes I heard a beep um, was it the beep or the thump that came before it that we're supposed to be taking note of ah uh, the beep the thump was that actually I turned th- something on that's much. That was probably the first time. I can do it again if you want to. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Is this an oscillator? Nope. Was it a BBC Model B? Uh, well, no. I don't know what that is. It's a whole computer from 1980s. 
yeah. Ah, uh, the, the, the old okay. um, acorn. Ah, uh, no. But when, it's, when you press uh, control, break it. It's um, it's well, not very far from that. So it's the startup beep from a computing computing device of some description. Yes. I think what machines beeped when you switched them on. Yeah, it's not those fancy startup sounds we have <laughs> in the nineties and later. Boy, you can make your computer fart when you switch it on. <laughs> yeah. Is is it a computing device? Yes. Does it have a QWERTY keyboard? Uh, yes. Is it white? Mm, uh, is it partially white? Uh, it's kind of grey beige, maybe, or greyish. Well, it's not plain white. It's more greyish white. So I've now got in my head a, a, an image of an Atari ST, but they didn't beep when you switched them on. Uh, it's not an Atari. It's from the 80s. That's much I can say. It's it's my the oldest computing device I own. It's not a Dragon thirty two or sixty four, is it? Nope. nope. No, they didn't beep when you switched them on either. No, I, I used and they, to have. And they one. were beige. Well, well, well the thirty two was beige, but the, th the sixty four was grey. Oh, okay, okay. You want to hear the sound again? It's not very exciting, but I don't think it's going to help. Um, um, I can yeah. I can say that it's uh, it's uh, it has a screen. And did you did you switch it on with a switch or with a um a, a button? No, there was the like power button on the back. I turned it on. It has a screen, and I, I don't. There is a keyboard to it, but I haven't attached it. I I just brought it out for the sound, <laughs> but it's still working. It's not a flipping um uh a Mac SE or a Mac Classic. Ah, it's a little bit older, actually. Well, SE is well same. It's a Macintosh. Sorry, that's Plus. where I was going. Right. It doesn't have a hard drive. It has a the virtualized floppy drive. Floppy. Yeah, I think this is an eight hundred k floppy. Not the soft ones, the hard ones, but the the first generation eight hundred. And uh, but this is not the first generation Mac Plus. It's uh, from 1988, so the first computer I ever bought. I think I, th I think we had a Mac, and it's uh, it's only a diskette. Oh, sorry, floppy, and uh, there is no floppy in it now. So the start screen is uh, like an image of a floppy with a right. blinking question mark. Because we had a one of those um, luggable uh, base units with a monitor in it. Um, I think it was the Mac, it was the SE. Ah. Which is like the the slightly more modernised version of it. I think that that had a monochrome screen as well. And the thing that I could never understand about it was the fact that there was no eject button on the uh, on the floppy drive. You had to do um, Command E or drag the the uh, disk icon to the trash to eject the disk. Yeah. And I remember my dad uh, introduced me to this um, amazing piece of kit, and I thought it was the the bee's knees at the time, called Mac Puke, um, and basically. Basically, what it did is when you um, you instigated the eject mechanism, um, out of the speaker of the of, of the Mac came a <laughs> sound that coincided with the uh, with the disc coming out. <laughs> I'm not sure because I haven't really started this for years, but um, 
This is from 88. I have one from 92 with the hard drive, uh, the classic 2, it's called. It's working too. So that was more modern. This is a 68000 processor. So it's like a. Yeah, Motorola one. 286 or something. So there is no Linux for this one. There is one for the 68030. Or used to be. I'm not sure. Do you know what version of. Um, what version of Macintosh it's running? System 5. Oh, good grief. They didn't have Mac OS. It was just called System. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, I think, five. So it's, uh, I don't really remember how it looks very much. It's quite primitive. The the one from 92 has system seven, and that's a lot more. Uh, I'm not sure you could run more than one program at a time on this one, actually. It's, it, I, the system is about 300K, wow. if I remember correctly. <laughs> so I had the system, and then I had a stripped down copy of uh, Microsoft Word on it. Wow, yes, of course. The same. They, they did Word for, um, for Mac. So I, I put in the floppy, yeah, I think Word, uh, because when I bought it, uh, the PCs, they, were, they had Word Perfect, or the big one mm. back then on DOS. And I'm not sure Word, because the Word was a graphical environment. So I think they were. I think Macintosh was a big market for Microsoft back then for their uh, Word program, but it was very expensive. But so that's it. So I, I used to be a Mac owner. So I've owned. I think I have four now, still old ones. Wow. But I think uh, there are two that I scrapped because I didn't have room for them. There is a bit of software kicking around somewhere. Uh, it's either called Basilica or Bastille or something of, along those lines. Um, that is essentially a, a Mac hardware emulator. And apparently you can still download from Apple's official website uh, a version of System 8, which you can install on this, um, this Mac emulator. And I'm pretty certain it runs on Linux as well. Uh-huh. So you, you, could, you could run... Um, uh, Macintosh System 8 on your on your Linux machine. Okay, I've been looking for emulator, but I couldn't really find any. So, ah, it's, it's it's called it's either Basilica or Bastille or something. Um, two have the number two on it. I still have a collection of floppies somewhere with different systems and uh, and some programs too. There were even games to them, black and white. <laughs> Basilisk. Ah, okay. Basilisk two. I shall stick the uh, the link in the show notes. So it's it's a, a an eighty six hundred sorry eighty six thousand um, emulator, uh, and it does somewhere provide the link to. Oh no, system seven five three um, is the version you can download from. Oh, it's not found. It's gone. Ah, horrid people. I suppose the market is really small. <laughs> it'll be it'll be around somewhere. Somebody will have a copy of it. Yeah, I I do have a collection of old uh, systems. I don't really have room to use them, but the the, the classic two from ninety two that was pretty good because I had a hard drive and it was I used it for quite many years, even when I got newer ones, and because it it was okay for even for email and. Uh, Small screen, but just something to get used to. <laughs> just a blast from the past. It certainly is. 
how are we doing for time? Because it's I've got uh, an hour and thirty-five, um, and we still have two very relevant um, topics of discussion. <laughs> I'm okay for time, so I'm more concerned about you guys. No, I'm not falling asleep yet. So <laughs> uh, Christmas traditions. Well, it's only three different countries at least. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a t- it's a tough one this one because I mean cri- the Christmas t- traditions it really depends on in our in our multicultural society and multi ethnic society it depends on who you're talking to um, from from my perspective here in in the UK um, the the tradition of Christmas is is very very sorry the traditional meaning of Christmas is disappearing uh, much to my uh, upset. Because for most people now, it is it is fully commercial, um, and it's an excuse to go out and 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 drink and eat and and spend to excess. For for those that aren't aware, uh, my wife and I are are both Christian, so we we celebrate the the true meaning of Christmas uh, for us, and we'll be going to our chapel on um, on Christmas morning, and. We're in a fairly large village or a small town, depending on how you define it. Um, and we are now one of two churches in our town. And if there are more than 12 people, let's, let's be generous, let's say 15. If there are more than 15 people in church on Christmas morning, I will be surprised. But how, how big is your town? Uh, I don't know how you define it. Let's see if Wikipedia has got anything on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not religious, but... I would agree with you about the commercialization of Christmas. It's, I mean, to me, it's a time to get together with your family and, you know, see people, see, see family and all, and all the rest of it. But there is a bit of a frenzy, well, a bit. The, it's increasingly this spending frenzy that goes on, which is, I don't know. According to Wikipedia, and I don't have a citation for this, I don't know when it was taken, but the population of this town is 15,000. And there are only two churches in total? There are two two churches actually in the town. Um, there's another one right at the bottom. It's, 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 effect, it's really actually in a neighbouring village. There's an Anglican church and a Roman Catholic church. Um, we did have three churches, but it was about 18 months ago. The Methodist church closed down because the building was unsafe. Um, so now it's just got the Baptist church, which we go to, and the Anglican church. Um, the Anglican Church, which is apparently the oldest uh, building in South Yorkshire. Oh, but they 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 are big, a lot bigger than the Baptist Church, both in physical size and also in congregation. No, in Sweden we often say we're very secularized, but I'm not religious, so I don't know. But uh, I think it would be more people on. Before I lived on the countryside, and there was a pop- the church there was quite popular to uh, visit on uh, Christmas morning, and people came far away. So, I think you're right. I think uh, that certainly in this country um, we're becoming a lot more secularized. Uh, ironically, because of the increasing number of religions and 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 traditions and cultures that are now within this country, the powers that be have decided that rather than offend. Uh, people by allowing people to celebrate um, their religion or festival of choice. It is almost a. It almost feels like uh, we're being suppressed 
uh, in expressing our our faith and belief. Um, yeah, are, are are you really being suppressed? Because I, mean, I mean, the whole no, point of secularization. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole point of secularization is that everybody gets to express their own religious beliefs without having the powers that be to determine what is acceptable and what isn't. So it's yeah. I mean, I mean, you often see people talking about secularization and what they're actually talking about is some politically correct busybody trying to impose their their view of what should be it's not secularism so much as local councillors or whatever sticking their nose in where they really shouldn't be getting you know really shouldn't be mm. bothering you know, I mean, they're, it's... They're, they're stupid things like um i think there was there was an incident uh, a few years back where a british rail uh, british rail british airways employee was suspended for not um removing or hiding a crucifix that she was wearing as a as a recognition of her faith and yet there are other uh, members of staff there that are quite you know legitimately allowed to wear a turban there's other examples where well well the, the crucifix one I, I remember because that that was british airways had a no and no they had a policy of no um ostentatious jewelry so no jewelry on show and so they said to her well you can wear your cross if you tuck it inside your shirt and she said, "No, it's got to be on show." And they said, "Well," and and they and they actually bend over quite quite a long way to try and accommodate mm. her. But she was adamant that she should she should be allowed to, you know, show off her bit of jewellery, even though no one else was. So it's you know, I think she lost the case in the end as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other ones, um, county councils uh, saying that people can't put. Um, Christmas trees up, or they can't refer to things as Christmas. To be honest with you, I think for as for as many instances there are of politically correct bigwigs saying you can't do, do this because it will offend other people. If you actually go and ask people if they will be offended by um, a, a, a Christmas tree or um, or anything that vaguely resembling um, a, a, a Christian. Uh, emblem celebrating Christmas. Most people who don't sell it, who don't uh, recognise um, Christianity, will probably say, "Actually, no." Absolutely, yeah. I, th- I think that, 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 that that's 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 very true, and I think that's the the point of secularism is that the vast majority of people don't care what other people are celebrating, and like I don't care what you celebrate, you don't care what I celebrate. This and the other, it's none, it's no one else's mm. business. It's only when somebody steps in without understanding that and then starts trying to make rules rather than just understand, just recognize that it's like what you do on your time and your, with your, you know, on your time, on your property, that's up to you and really isn't anyone else's business at all. And, you know, that's what it comes down to, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if somebody came out to me and said, happy Hanukkah, I'd, I'd probably say the same thing back because, th- because that's what they recognize. That's their, um, their belief, their, their choice. Um, I mean, there's a big thing um, because with the company I work for, we do a lot, we have a lot of outsource, a lot of offshore workers, um, and Diwali is a, a huge thing for both our business and also the offshore um, teams. So we celebrate Diwali, or we don't celebrate Diwali. We recognise that Diwali is a is is something that is a big deal for the people we work with. So we respect that and we accommodate it. Yeah. That's a Hindu. 
festival. The Hindu, yeah. And I suppose many of those who celebrate it don't really do it for religious reasons. Most either. likely. Yeah. Probably the same as Christmas. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all, but it's also. I mean, a Christmas tree is is not a very well. It's sort of a Christian symbol or not. So well, it's, it's 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 pagan, it's a pagan symbol, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's still connected with Christmas. So I think uh, maybe if a lot of foreigners would see it as a maybe some sort of Christian symbol. So. But a lot, it, of, a lot, lot of, the, of those the, things the, are not are not really annoying, but I mean, some traditions and religious festivals. I mean, they can even be quite bloody affairs, and so I'm not hmm. sure people would accept anything in a public display. I mean, extreme things. I don't know if that we see them in Europe at all, but so there are. So I I think there are limits to people's tolerance too, and that limit varies a lot, of course. I think the thing is that the limits are not about the religion, it's about the behavior. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like if if somebody wants to parade through a street but beating, beating themselves around their head, I don't care whether, the, you know, I, yeah, obviously that's not something that's going to be tolerated, but not because it's religious, because, you know, it's not, it disturbs the peace, mm. basically, to have people wandering around beating themselves around their head. Yeah, well, they could beat other people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, there's so many like people good old who deserve beating you the head. Yeah. <laughs> That's a sort of pagan festival or something. No. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> uh, well, I can talk about. Uh, oh, sorry, Dave. Maybe I interrupted you. No, not at all. I was kind of done. I was interested to hear what um, what you guys have got. Well, in Sweden, is uh, Christmas. Eve is when you eat uh, dinner and uh, with the family and uh, relatives, maybe. Uh, but of course, the the church ceremonies in uh, it's very early in uh, Sunday, not Sunday, Christmas Day morning. But I think most people do not go. But it depends on where and in the countryside. I probably more people going, even if they're not religious. It's just a feeling, especially as a cold winter morning and snow and lights. So, but um, it's the Christmas Eve. That's the big day here, and we the typical Christmas food. All it varies a bit between provinces, but and nowadays people add all sorts of stuff. So, but it's uh, Christmas ham and uh, red cabbage and herring of different sorts. Sometimes there's uh, different sort of sausages and meatballs and uh, quite many different sorts of cabbage too, depending on the province. And uh, it's just old-fashioned food. Did you see Luke posted? He, he, he baked some uh, typical Scandinavian Christmas or uh, buns that contain saffron. Oh, no, I didn't see that. And there is one peculiar tradition which I'm almost ashamed of mentioning. <laughs> and it's that every Christmas Eve, three o'clock, they have since, I don't know, since the early 60s on TV, they sound uh, what's generally called Donald Duck Christmas. So it's assortment of, you know, Donald Duck and uh, some other Disney. It's a Disney one hour old, and uh, it all it starts with uh, 
really old from the 30s from the Santa's uh, workshop, the Disney movie. It's quite fun, but they show practically the same thing every Christmas Eve, as long as I can remember. We, we have something very similar on Christmas Day. It's called the Queen's Speech. So is Donald Duck better than the Queen? That's a moot question. I, <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that. I would be what. I would be more likely to watch Donald Duck than the Queen, I have to admit. <laughs> but people people are quite obsessed with this Donald Duck. Like, I have to watch it. It's the tradition. Every And it's the discussion is, are we going to eat dinner before Donald Duck or after Donald Duck? It's, like, it's kind of like ruling the timetable for millions of people. Oh, no. That's what, what's terrible. What's terrible? It's terrible. Nothing. We don't even eat duck here. <laughs> So if it was Donald Pig, we, that was a bit more appropriate. You should have a porky pig Christmas, don't you? And it's three o'clock and it's like, oh, or, uh, we can eat. If we eat, uh, we can eat before and then we have like uh, coffee and cake. And um, I think it's silly. I'm probably just very boring, but I think it's, it's a bit hysteric. <laughs> People are obsessed with watching the same old... When I was a kid, there was very few cartoons or uh, on TV, of course. So then it was like almost the only chance to see Donald Duck on TV. But now it's uh, that was um, the embarrassing thing I would, wanted to say. Which leaves Belgium. I'm not sure whether this falls under Christmas, but Belgium, well, Flanders and also the Netherlands has uh, Sinterklaas, which happens on December 5th. And he's basically he's the precursor to Santa Claus. So he turns up and comes down your chimney and delivers presents. And then we do it all again uh, for Christmas, which is quite good for the kids. Just found the uh, the Wikipedia page for it. Yeah, it's um, it's Saint Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus, and um. Oh, sorry. Do do you have people dressing up as Santa Claus? Oh yes. Oh, on yes. both occasions. Oh, yeah. Or uh, well, well, Santa Claus is different to Santa Claus. This is this is this is this gets so 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 we have Santa Claus on the on the fifth, and then it's the cursed man, which is Santa Claus Claus on the twenty fifth. And as I understand it, it's like Santa Claus was the original, and the Dutch or uh, Flemish emigrants took took that to the US. Then Coca-Cola came, got hold of it, and came <laughs> back with Santa Claus on the Christmas Day. It's so, so, so fifth of December is when Santa Claus comes, and then on the sixth there's presents for the kids. Or, well, in our case, it was the weekend, the Saturday after. Um, no, well, no, well, it was a Friday. The, the, the he came during the day on the Friday because he had so many del- deliveries. Because we didn't want the kids opening up presents and then going to school, it just wouldn't have worked. Um, but yeah, so, so 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 we have that, which is just it was purely a present giving thing, and then Christmas Christmas Day itself is not such a big event really because the the main present thing is um, Santa Claus. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Saint Nicholas Day is the sixth of December, so so it's a Nicholas Eve. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, so 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 Saint Nicholas Eve is so the fifth of December at night. He he travels around and delivers the present so that they're there on the day of the sixth. That's really interesting because obviously that is that is the the, the modern 
um, the modern interpretation of Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, Santa Claus is the modern interpretation Sorry, of Sorry, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. I believe, yeah, 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 yeah. So, presumably, that's just been adjusted to fit in with Christmas. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so when, when it became Santa Claus, then he, his, his day was moved because, obviously, there is there was no Santa Claus day. But he was some uh, important saint then, original. <sighs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea, to be honest. Um, hang on. Well, St. Nicholas is the patron saint of children... Hang on, I had it a second ago. Children something and philatelists. Children sailors and philatelists. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it covers almost anyone. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But, and Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but isn't Holland or Netherlands or they were thoroughly Lutheran, or? Um, yeah, the the Netherlands the Netherlands is is uh, is no, well not thoroughly I'd, not not thoroughly the oh I don't know because I think there is a Catholic part of the Netherlands as well but generally speaking the Netherlands is uh, Protestant and Belgium is Catholic. Which is yeah, which is why, and that was that was part of the origin of, because Belgium used to be part of the Netherlands, and then there was a split, and as I understand it, the that split came about because, really, the Protestant majority, um, well, were repressing the uh, uh, Catholic minority. That is all very very interesting. That sounded really insincere, didn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. What do, what are the typical Christmas food? I honestly couldn't tell you because for for Christmas itself we tend to, I mean obviously my partner's French and he's very keen on doing it French style so um what we tend to do is you'll do a really massive feast on Christmas Eve we'll start relatively late and just eat through till midnight then go to bed and then get up the next morning and what presents there are they will be distributed and the food, I think, we're having, I can't remember what we're having this year, but we don't, re- we haven't really um, looked at what traditional Belgian foods are for Christmas. I'm ashamed to admit. Why do you foreigners, you don't integrate with the locals? We're, we're terrible. I'm, I'm a terrible integrator, A yes. typical expat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Would, would sprouts uh, feature in the uh, typical Christmas fair? I think they have done. I think they have done. Yes, um, I'm very disappointed. That they <laughs> but <were. laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, you've got to have sprouts. Yeah, I've seen the Swedish cook in Muppets when he do Brussels sprouts. He throws a cabbage up in the air and then blasts it with a <laughs> with a what do they call those things? The 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 guns that end up have like a, a pardon the expression a bell end. What's the name of it? A blunt a blunderbuss. Is that it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Blunderbuss. Yes, yes. Yes, and he t- turns a cabbage into Brussels sprouts. Have, have I remembered <laughs> that correctly, Michael? Yeah. 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 Brilliant. We usually don't do that in Sweden, but... <laughs> usually being the operative word there, I think. <laughs> so, what, Dave, what typical Christmas food is it for you, or is it It's well, very individual? Hot turkey, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, again, I don't know whether that's that's a tradition, a a genuine tradition, or just something that's, that's of, of recent modern times. Um, I know that uh, 
that in in the USA the turkey is is reserved for for Thanksgiving. So I don't know what in America they use for um for for standard Christmas Day fare. But I would say your traditional Christmas meal would be um, turkey, probably get a gammon joint, um, roast potatoes, roast parsnips, sprouts and uh, chestnuts, and gravy, I suppose. I think gravy is very much a, a, a British thing, I think. I don't, I don't, typically, many other, um, many other countries do, do gravy. Not proper gravy, no. We might be having Yorkshire pudding <gasps> for our Christmas dinner. Wonderful. I know. I'm looking forward to this. You can't beat a good Yorkshire. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> but Yorkshire pudding is something you eat in all of England, or? Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, you probably I would say it's, it's a British more... thing. Sorry, an English yeah. thing. Because it, it's basically the same stuff that you make pancakes out of. Uh, in fact, it's the same stuff you you batter fish with. I don't know whether you do things like that in Sweden. I think I've had Yorkshire pudding once, but I can't really remember. Basically, roasted batter. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think I had it. Now, the, the 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 standard thing is to have them in in small sizes, probably only about what three four inches across. But you can you can get Yorkshires as you know, as as big as a as a vinyl LP. Um, and you just like shove it full of uh, sausages and, and onion gravy and mashed potato. You just that's a meal. Mm. But for for all the all the, the 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 badness that actually goes into Yorkshire puddings, they're not particularly healthy. I have to admit, they are incredibly nice. Oh, they're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's mostly women who keep up. The food traditions and well I think most traditions actually but well a lot of traditions you're probably right yes but again that that's traditions maintained through tradition if that makes sense because traditionally uh, the, the 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 role of feeding the family was the the, the role of the, of the of the woman of the house yeah so that it would make sense that that tradition would be maintained by the women not necessarily the case now, of course. I, I was a vegetarian for some years, uh, a long time ago. Then we had kind of vegetarian Christmas. That was okay. It required some uh, invention. What would be the vegetarian staple? No, but you can, because the ham is done in a special way. I don't know, I can't really describe it in English. So in, instead of the ham... The ham is kind of first salted and then it's uh, soaked and then it's in the oven and it's kind of complicated. The, instead of the ham, then you could have some like a, a yeah a swede. That's what you call it, turnip. Mm. The swede is a vegetable as well, so yeah. So it, because that and then you can have other and well a lot of cabbage is that's vegetarian anyway, so. I think vegetarians usually have to be a bit more inventive. <laughs> well, I mean, you say that. I mean, uh, the Caroline, my wife, she's she's um, a vegetarian, and what we'll be firing up on on Christmas Day will probably be um, a product in in the UK we call corn. Ah, yeah, we have it here too. Um, it, it's because you can get it in various different um, various different makeups. You've got you've got like your your fillets, you've got pieces, you've got mints. 
Um, but you also get this, this elongated sausage called the corn roast. Um, and that's a, a brilliant uh, substitute for, I suppose, a chicken or, or, a, or a turkey or something like that. I think we're all converging on the uh, on the last item. Yeah. yeah. This would be our longest episode no. ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but once we cut out all, all the um, mistakes, then we'll be down, we... about the normal size. I think once the, once the silence is cut out, we'll be down to about 20 yeah, well, yeah. Maybe if fewer people makes the show longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, then. So... I'm not going to use the word promises because it, it's they're they're very much it's it's a, it's a pressure thing. They say in 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 this country we call them resolutions, but again there's there's a there's a pressure here. So I'm going to ask the question: What are your New Year's goals? Well, 2013 has been a lot of uh, tough things, and well, some good things too. Making this tougher cost has been one of the good things, and. Um, so I kind of promised myself that 2014 shall be better. Well, it's not much of a... It's a kind of very diffuse goal, of course. <laughs> not really. If, if your goal is to continue doing the good things that you've been doing in this year, next year, then that's, that's a good goal. Yeah, I have one little goal that's actually related to this cause that I've been thinking of but i haven't had any time or energy and that is actually to learn how to edit sound because uh, i could jump in and uh, help i thought maybe it, it would be interesting and uh, kind of useful it is 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 fun actually editing audio is is great fun but you need to put the time in for it that's the thing particularly when you've got currently 2 hours and 7 minutes yeah. <laughs> of, of um four tracks of audio because your um your track's been split uh on my side i don't know what it has on uh, on poles your track was split in half when you disappeared and came back again so aligning the two tracks and i forgot to start my recording again i see so. oh yes i noticed yeah we're relying on you paul okay <laughs> and uh, we actually have some I find, i've managed to not break my recording this this time around though so we're doing quite well <laughs> he's attempting fate now we we have some start of a document on the Google Drive, like the workflow. So I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> so that's my my little goal, and that would be an audacity. Yeah. Well, if you want to, that's what I'll be doing it in, and that's I think that's what Gavin does it in. Yeah, that's the only one I know. <laughs> that's the job. It's very ugly, but it's functional. <laughs> <laughs> it is that, yes. What about you then, Paul? I'm desperately trying to think of something, actually. I, the thing is, I'm not very good at making resolutions. And um, Feel the pressure. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Um, yeah. I honestly... I spent most of this year basically cutting out all the stuff that I was doing that I had lost interest in or was not really interested in or was taking up more time than I really wanted to spend on them. Just to free up time for stuff that I did want to spend time on. Mm. I think I've largely done managed to do that now. So I'm kind of 
Yeah, I mean, apart, apart from not overcommitting myself again, there's not really anything that I want to change at the moment. That is always a danger, the whole overcommitment. Yeah. I well, think that's what, that's what throws me out. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think I got into... I, I got to the point at the end of 2012 where I was just looking at everything that I was committed to doing or had promised to doing or people were expecting me to do. I'm thinking, I just don't have any time left to do the stuff that actually matters to me. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, th- choosing something that matters to you. That's a that's a, a good starting point. Well, absolutely, yeah. So after two kind of vague non-resolutions, what's your resolution, Dave? Um, pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's I, like I a hot potato. A, a gen- <laughs> I do have a genuine resolution for um for the year. Uh, two, two in fact, actually. Um, I have had. Uh, a VPS running stuff. I'm just checking actually for a little over two years now. At least that's how long I've had my status net instance for. And on my VPS, I'm running stuff like own cloud. I've got media goblin, uh, media goblin instance. I've got a status net instance and I ain't using them. I'm not using them properly. And uh, I, I probably post an average of once or twice a week into into status net um my own cloud i'm hardly using at all and the media goblin i think i posted my first photograph yesterday in about six months so i I need to use more of this 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 freedom um that i have afforded myself so that's the first one and the second one is around music actually i don't know whether you've um you listened to an episode of the podcast a few weeks ago when I mentioned that I was going to be performing music in public for the first time in about 10 years. Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't that you? Yeah. Wasn't that two weeks ago? Cause last week you had a cold or something. You say, Oh, that, that's right. Yeah. I mentioned it two weeks ago. Then last yeah. week I, I had the cold and then the actual event was this, this suddenly just gone. I was, um, singing harmonies and playing, uh, my my cajon, which is like a, a a box drum you sit on and play. Over the last couple of years, when Caroline's been doing her NaNoWriMo project, I've also done uh, the Napod Pomo, the daily uh, podcast. But on previous years, I've said I'm not going to do Napod Pomo that year. I'm going to do something with music, and I think that's what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to I'm going to do uh, concentrate a lot more on on practicing and playing the music. Of, of the instruments that I am good at. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit of a multi-instrumentalist, so I can play a number of musical instruments. But I, whilst I can play an, a large number of instruments well, I'm not really an expert at any one. I kind of, I do, I kind of muddle through. So I'm going to concentrate, I think, on playing the piano. I think that's going to be my main thing. Because I play piano at church, or at least I try to, um, and if I find it find something that's a little bit too much for me, I'll I'll cop out and let the the, the piano play itself. I think I think I need, I need to to you know wake wake the, the the pianist in me up and uh, and and start learning to to play piano properly again because my my method of playing is by ear. If I know a song, I can play it. You stick a piece of music in front of me, I'll look at you and go eh. 
So does that mean you're going to try to learn music or just practice what you're already doing? Um, I'd like to get to the point where I can read music um, on the fly. I mean, I can read music. Uh, I did get up. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I can't play from a piece of music that's put in front of me. I would have to go through it and work out what the notes are. Yeah, okay. But you get a proper pianist can play, you know, you, you put some music in front of them, then they will just start and play it, regardless of how complex it is. And that's kind of where I'd like to get to. Okay, that's, that's, no, that's, it's a good goal. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge as well. So, yeah. It's, it is, but it's, it's feasible. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Which is, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is good. Yeah. But, 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 but that's the thing, it's the sort of goal that, you're going to have to work at it, but it's not completely um, unrealistic either. No. Yeah. But it's also powerful to be able to just pick up so to, with the ears and play. I've been able to do that for years, though. Um, in fact, all of the, the only instrument I've ever learned to play formally is the piano. I got up to grade three in piano, um, and then... I went through a, a, a succession of um, of music teachers. One one died. One, uh, I think, I moved out of the area, and it just never took off from there. But all the other instruments that I played since, so I, I do play bass. So I play bass, I think, fairly well. Uh, I can dr- I, I can drum on a on a proper kit, um, and I can I can play guitar fairly badly. But all of that I've learned purely from from hearing things rather than being taught how to play it, which is probably why I play guitar fairly badly because I don't actually know how to play guitar. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping that, that picking up the, the, the fundamentals, the rudiments of, uh, of, of music again will, will help that. Right. Do we, <laughs> are we done? <laughs> I, th- I think we should just, I think we're done. As it's now 20 past one in the morning. Yeah, yes. We just started. (laughs) 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 Well, three is the minimum, or? Three is the magic number. If we would be two one time, maybe this show would be even longer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, strictly speaking, I'm pretty certain we have cancelled recordings for having this many people before. But I suppose we, we originally thought we were going to be five. Yeah. And then at the last at the last minute, never mind. I think it would, uh, probably this time of year it would have been very difficult to try and get most people together. Because we've not all... Have we all been together at the same time before? We were on episode zero. Yes. It was it, right, okay. Yeah, we, we managed to get everyone together for episode zero, but I don't think we've managed since. Do you think if we if we attempted another episode zero and then sneakily renamed it to five, we'd uh, <laughs> we'd get everybody in? Yeah, let's start another podcast. <laughs> oh dear! We can call it Linux. Well, Linux lifestyle is available now instead of Linux. <laughs> True. <laughs> what about Duffer lifestyle? It's all about slipper reviews and <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Duffer lifestyle. <laughs> you know, I, I bought I bought a flat cap. Yeah, I've seen your avatar. Uh, well, I nearly bought a pipe at the same time. <laughs> 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 Caroline will tell you I was that close to buying a pipe. <laughs> Do you smoke? 
I've been a bit too much, actually. Nope. Oh, okay. I'm a reformed smoker, the worst kind there is. Ah, okay. Uh, but I, I haven't seen a, a person smoking pipe for years. It must be very few doing that. Or I don't know where you buy pipes even these days. But Well, it depends on whether you want the traditional wooden type or the glass bong style. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last person I ever remember seeing... Um, uh, smoking a pipe in public, or at least having a pipe in public, was David Bryant. And if, if that name rings any bells to anybody, not me. No, it doesn't. Um, I need to make sure that's the right person. Now he was a um, a bowls player back in the nineteen oh seventies and eighties. Bowls. That's yeah, a bit bowls. too exciting. For, yeah, a bit too exciting for me there. <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's him, da- David Bryant. Um, that link's enough to go in the uh, in the show notes now, isn't it? Um, yes. A, a former three three time world outdoor singles bowls champion, nineteen sixty six, nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty eight. I used to go and uh, I used to go and watch the bowls in in Worthing, on the south coast of um, of England, with family to go down and uh, and watch it. Yeah, crazily, I actually enjoyed watching bowls. In fact, I'd almost um, joined a bowl sudden uh, locally, but I realized I just didn't have the time. I think uh, that's an almost unknown sport in Sweden. I'm sure there are some, maybe some expats yeah. <laughs> playing. <laughs> anyway, I suppose we've got to wrap this up, so... Yeah. So you have been listening to the Duffercast. Um, thank you very much indeed for for listening. If you want to find out more about us, uh, we are over at duffercast.org. And uh, all being well, we'll probably be back in your ears um, soon. <laughs> yes, I suppose you better say goodbye. Good night. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night, happy Christmas, happy New Year, or happy Easter, depending on when this show is released. Happy, ha- happy Easter. <laughs> That's harsh.
more I want to see. Hello, Sandra, give me Dr. Jazz. 